When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Sherry Prince. She's an attorney, coach, and speaker, and she's got a fantastic story about resilience and how she made it. Today's topic is going to be all about um, AI and estate planning, bridging the gap, entrepreneurship, legal strategies, and I'm really excited to have Sherry on the show. So welcome, Sherry. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me. Yeah, kind of set the stage, your background, looks like your attorney, what you do now, and I'm really excited to delve into the combo. Okay. Well, um, I grew up on a farm, a 150-acre farm with my grandparents, and my mom had passed away when I was about 16. So before coming to live with my grandparents, I lived with a couple of different relatives, and it was kind of, it was different because at 16 years old as a teenager, your world is shifted. And so my mom was 36 when she passed away, no long-term care plan, nothing um, in terms of a designation of guardianship for her estate. And so I had to learn the hard way um, about why those things are important at an early age. And so just fast forward, um, I kind of reinvented myself a couple of times before I actually went to law school. Mm. And at 30, I went to law school because I was so passionate about making sure that other people had access to just knowledge and tools and resources that my family didn't have. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So you kind of turn your pain into your passion, uh, which is kind of talking about, um, and you're also, uh, you're the podcast host of Play Bigger, Faster Podcast. Be sure to check that out, follow it. Um, and then, so kind of talking about, you talk about this idea where you, uh, you know, you became an entrepreneur and estate planning and creating a lasting legacy. Talk about that. So early on, I guess around 21 is when I started my first business. And it was undercapitalized. I did not do a good job about vetting my partner. And so I learned so many lessons. So part of what I do, I do estate planning, but I also help entrepreneurs build a moat around their business and personal assets. Because at that time, my personal assets were not protected. We pretty Mm. much had a handshake. We started a business. It did not go well. And so today I teach individuals who, you know, are looking at entrepreneurship as a career on how to protect themselves. And so now with the rise of AI, that is a perfect tool um, to help entrepreneurs because everybody wants to know, how do I get started? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We're going to talk about AI in a little bit, which I really love. Um, No conversation recently is uh, would be a miss without 
talking about AI, but um, so the thing is kind of talk about this um, building a strong foundation and legal protections for entrepreneurs. So the first thing that you have to do before you can even look at your business, you have to make sure that your personal finances are in order and that you actually have a plan for your business. Now, mind you, I did not say a business plan, but you must have a plan for the business. <laughs> and, yeah, because my first business was undercapitalized. You know, I just figured, hey, I have this thing that I'm good at. I'm going to start a business. And that's really not enough. So mm-hmm. getting your personal finances together so you can actually focus on the business and not worry about coming home and your lights are off because you do not have enough money to cover the business expenses and your personal expenses. So part one of that is personal finance. Part two is looking at the different types of business, businesses with an S that may be available to you. So I like to start people off with a three entity structure. Uh-huh. If, you, if you are in business and you raise your hand and say, yes, I have three businesses and they're all in the same LLC, you uh-huh. are not really in business. You are on your way to a very bad outcome. <laughs> From a legal perspective, I really like to show people how you use three basic structures um, as a foundation to build a business. Yeah. Yeah. I was really uh, recently, I was talking to another um, entrepreneur and she was talking about, we were talking about business partnerships, but she was talking about basically prepare for divorce, um, prepare for death, prepare for taxes, and prepare for dismemberment, all those three. And, um, you know, so what you were talking about is, um, you know, have, have an exit plan, you know, nothing lasts forever, you know, make sure you, 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 you see the exit signs you're looking at the, you know, as you, it's like kind of a navigation, you know, looking for that exit. So talk about le- legal strategies. Every entrepreneur should know. Okay. And so you kind of touched on some of those. Um, the main thing is exit. When we talk about exit, it's not necessarily that you have a bad outcome. You may sell your business. And so, you know, that may be your retirement plan. So how do you set your business up in the beginning for an exit strategy? You know, that exit may be litigation. It may be bankruptcy. There are all sorts of things that are considered exits. And like Stephen Covey said, begin with the end in mind. So I like to approach every single client with an exit plan in mind. And I keep those things just kind of at the forefront so that we're prepared in the beginning. Mm, Yeah, I love that. And kind of as a, you know, kind of as a funny joke is, you know, I was in med school and then I saw like um, just burnout starting and like kind of managed care. And I was like, I got to start preparing for the exits, you know, regardless of, you know, if I practice or not, you know, some one day I have to get out. So this next question is kind of talking about is um, what's interesting is um, as we go into this age of AI, I have a lot of questions. So um, one thing is, first thing is, um, will AI replace, they're saying that AI is, is going after the white collar jobs now, L- lawyers, doctors, you know, accountants, you know, all these. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Now, this is just my opinion, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm kind of proud of my opinion. Yeah. But- <laughs> AI is just a tool. It's just a tool. And with any tool, it still needs an operator. And I think that the people that are more successful are the people that have found a way to use the tool to help their firms, their practices, their agencies to be you know, more efficient and to provide more value to the people that they serve. Yeah. And then kind of as a follow-up question is because a lot of, um, especially healthcare and um, especially um, 
legal. I was watching this one um, episode, you know, kind of, uh, and it was talking about where the AI can actually do better job than like paralegals in, in a few years. It's going to, you know, the question is whether or not you're going to need like paralegals to do it where the AI can do it. And, you know, for example, like in medicine, you know, intake can it be performed by an AI or a scribe, you know, and all these things. Uh, so you're right about the tools. Um, what do you think about, but, but you do agree that um, the industries will be changed, right? So you have to kind of stay abreast and learn these tools. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. But like with anything, it's kind of what, you know, the input you put in is the input that you get out. So when I first started just kind of playing around with ChatGPT, you know, it took me a lot longer to get the result that I was looking for. But now I understand prompts. I understand what I need to tell it to get me the output that I need. So I think that you're always going to need people. And especially if you have a business that's built on customer service and you actually interface with the public, you're always going to have a need for people. Yeah. I, yeah. Like it, like the AI cannot, at least at this point, replace human creativity, human judgment, you know, kind of these higher order. Um, and, you know, you're always going to need, you know, you're not going to have a robot doing, you know, open heart surgery on its own. You know, that, you know that's not going to happen, at least in our lifetime, because basically there's talking about AI scaling both in quality. So you're talking about the inputs and the prompts, but also once you get the quality, the AI, the outputs that you want from the AI, then you can basically scale it in quantity. Talk about those two things. Definitely. And I'm going to do it from um, the aspect of estate planning. So there are so many people that don't know where to start. So I've developed some prompts to help people get started. And one prompt may be, my name is Cherie. I am X number of years old. I work as a doctor at a hospital. I have ex-children. I am married. And so you put certain prompts in and say, what do I need for my estate plan? And so this gives you an idea for where to start. What documents do I need for my estate plan? And so those are some things to get you started. Um, there are other prompts that I can share with you in terms of what to ask your different professionals. Because asset protection is kind of like raising kids. It takes a village. So, you know, I tell people, make sure you have a good insurance agent, um, a good attorney, a financial advisor, and, you know, definitely a banking relationship. So, you know, and part of talking to those people, you don't just go and sit in their office and say, hey, help me. I can help you use AI to ask them the types of questions that fit your situation. And then the next question is um, kind of talk about, you know, how do you tailor your strategies to meet the unique needs and circumstances of individual entrepreneurs and businesses using ChatGPT? Because kind of like that you put in the prompt, but it's kind of like a generic general. So how do you tailor to make it more personalized? I start with a decision tree and, you know, usually I'm working with entrepreneurs. So we start with the estate planning portion first instead of the business part. But I do ask business questions. Um, are you brick and mortar or are you an e-commerce business? Because that's going to, you know, change the advice that I give you. Do you have a public facing company or do you desire anonymity? You know, if I had Kim Kardashian um, promoting my brand, I want everybody to know Kim's promoting it because she's a big name and people buy the things that Kim endorses. And so we kind of go through the decision tree and that's how we come up with the prompts. Kind of, can you share some key indicators that a business owner may need to reevaluate their current asset protection strategy if they're, you know, if they're at risk or anything like that? 
Definitely. Um, you definitely need some metrics, um, performance indicators, things that for your industry are benchmarks or baselines. So are you at, above or below some of those industry standards? Do you have standard operating procedures? Because if you don't have these things in your business, that is the first indicator. Like Sheree, I don't even know what that is. Well, therein lies the problem. If, one, if you don't have benchmarks and two, you're not checking benchmarks or three, you're uncertain what benchmarks are altogether. That'll be the first indicator. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you said the first, are there any other indicators that, you know, you could share with the audience? Oh, definitely. If you are not on a regular basis treating your asset protection plan, like you treat your annual wellness visits. So, you know, usually people are going to the doctor once a year to get checkups. You should be doing the same thing as it relates to your financial health. And asset protection is not just all financial. Um, like I said, with all those players at the table, you should be meeting with those people at least once a year and preferably in a group setting. And Zoom is so easy to do now. So that's another indicator. Two is if you have things that are happening in your business that are not predictable, you should not you know, be surprised that there's a shortage of income and you find out about it a week before notes are due or, you know, big events happen. So being able to forecast, if you're not forecasting, that is another indicator. Mm, yeah, I love that. I know because, you know, I know you're, um, you've got a busy schedule ahead of you and kind of talk about um, as a closing kind of uh, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs who may not realize the critical importance of asset protection and kind of talk about and with building a strong foundation and how people can contact you and follow you, et cetera. One, and I know this is going to sound so typical, one, have a plan. It does not have to be complex. You know, your plan may just be to get all of your team members, your insurance person, your banking person, and get them in a huddle. So that may be part one, just getting that huddle and identifying your assets, because before you can protect those assets, you have to know what they are. So there's like this exercise that I take people through where I help them identify, one, they identify their assets. Two, they inventory the assets so they have a record of what they have. And three, they improve the classification of those assets. And by classification, is this something that you purchase for your business, but you use personal income? Or is this something... Um, in your business that should be labeled for personal use. So once you do those things and you huddle a team, that's when you can really put a plan together. And guys, do not be afraid because it does not have to be expensive, but you minimally have to identify those things and get that to your team. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I kind of estate planning, tax planning, and uh, asset protection are key. These are kind of like, you know, you want to hire a professional. Do not do this on your own. Uh, it's almost like hiring, you know, uh, someone who didn't go to medical school to operate on your that, you know, you don't want to do that. So um, all of Sherry's resources, how can they contact you and follow you, you know, look at your work, etc. The best way to do that is um, to go to my website, www.scherrieprince.com. That's just Shereeprince.com. And I have a webinar that I do that when you actually leave the webinar, you have a blueprint for how to get started. Now, mind you, what is a blueprint? 
that's the plan. It's a baseline plan, but you still have a structure to build. So I would love to get started with anyone who'd like to go and register for that webinar. And it's totally free. There's no cost. Yeah, I love that. And, uh, you know, I love uh, and I love people who do, do webinars. Uh, it's really an amazing tool um, for all of the audience out there. Let's thank Sherry for providing her valuable expertise on here and, you know, talking about asset protection, AI, how to get started. Be sure to visit all of her uh, her podcasts, her social media, um, and you know sign up for a webinar. And uh, thank you for coming on, and and thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me.